0: This is information not being reported by anyone else.
1: You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. It is Scoop Podcast episode 109. So much going on in the Minnesota sports world. As good a time as I can remember. I mean, you think about it. I mean, with so much success across the board, so many teams doing well right now. It is a fun, fun time to be a Minnesota sports fan. We'll get to a bunch of news and notes heavy on the Twins. The Twins very active in Orlando at the GM meetings, but we'll start Scoop Podcast episode 109 with a couple conversations. We'll go with Richard Coffey second, former Gopher Richard Coffey, the father of current Gopher Amir Coffey. We have to review the Monday impressive Gophers win at Providence, but we'll start with Chase Rullier, Burnsville high school grad, University of Wyoming. He started for the Washington Redskins on Sunday against the Vikings, his hometown Vikings. It had to be a thrill, an incredible thrill. We'll have him put it into his words right now. So we'll start with Chase Rullier reviewing playing the Vikings, his hometown team, as the Redskins fell to the Vikings on Sunday in Landover, Maryland. Here is Chase. Chase, leading into this conversation, I was saying it had to be the thrill of a lifetime for you to start to play against your hometown team why don't you put it into words? What was Sunday like, starting for the Redskins, playing against the hometown Vikings?
0: You know, it, it, it was pretty exciting. Um, it, it's difficult to go into a game and uh, really, um, you know, think too much about the fact that you're playing against, you know, your, the team that you grew up watching. because um, that, that can just get you into a, a, a different mindset than you really need to while you're playing a football game. Um. So, you know, honestly, I tried to avoid thinking about that um, leading up to the game and in the game, but it, it's hard to completely avoid those those feelings of, um, you know, just how, how cool and special it really
1: is. I mean, I have to imagine, I mean, friends, family, I was texting with your agent, he said you had all sorts of friends and family at the game. I have to imagine throughout the week, they had to bring up the fact you were playing the Vikings. <laughs>
0: Uh, yes, that, that's definitely true. Um, I had I had a few high school buddies and some family friends, friends and things. Uh, uh, they were they were all there, kind of cheering both for the Vikings and for me at the same time. So it uh, it was a little bit of a an interesting situation, to say the least.
1: I mean, I suppose the thought of just playing your hometown team had to leave your mind awfully quickly when you're lining up against you know Linval Joseph. Just you know, when it's getting physical there in the trenches, any thought of playing the hometown team has to just disappear
0: yeah that's very true you know um when you're when you're down there in your stance you're not really thinking about who you're playing you're more thinking about what you need to do to, to beat the guy across from you yeah. and when you're going up against a great defensive tackle like Linval joseph uh that that's definitely um what you need to be focused on not not any sort of um feelings of uh any any sort of cool feelings that you're playing the Minnesota Vikings, I guess is what I'm
1: saying. I mean, what is that focus like? I mean, he's says- as... Talented a defensive tackle as load, you know, a defensive tackle as there is. I mean, he's strong. He's explosive. I mean, heck, he's one of the best defensive tackles in the game. I mean, whether you were lining up across from him or anybody along that defensive line, I mean, Tom Johnson, go up and down the list. I mean, they have as good a defensive line as there is in the NFL. What sorts of challenges does that defensive line, you know, line up for you and, and the rest of that Washington offensive line? What What were those challenges like?
0: You know, it, it really, especially with Linval, it comes down to it's just. Strength. You know, um, he's a massive person in there. Um, he's hard to get any movement against um, in the run game. And, you know, when he, when he, when he decides he's going to start um, bull, bull rushing you in the pass game, you really got to anchor down and, um, you know, just do the best you can to prevent him from pushing through. Um, but, you know, the, obviously it's, it's the be- one of the best, if not the best, defensive line that we've gone against this year. Um, and you know they, it was it was a difficult task, and you really just got to focus in on all your all your techniques that you're taught to, in order to uh, combat the strength of the defensive line.
1: And you think about it, Chase. I mean, Everson Griffin was out, you know. So you're going against all these talented guys, and maybe the best. You know, guy along that defensive line, or at least the best pass rusher. Although Dino Hunter is really good, and I'd argue that Linval Joseph is actually their most valuable defensive lineman. But you think about Everson Griffin, this really good player. He didn't play against you guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, that that definitely helped us out. Um, we we went into the game preparing for Everson Griffin to be playing in the game, um, but as soon as we got the news that he was out, um, obviously we were able to. Um, you know, not necessarily have to worry about him anymore in that case, and just be able to focus on um, the guys that they had left, like Daniel Hunter and um, Brian Robinson, and, and things. So,
1: what led to your guys' success? I mean, you put up 30 points. I mean, typically, you score 30, Chase, you're going to win the game.
0: Yeah, you know, um, we we just went out there and did, did our thing. Really, um, obviously, we had a lot of our, our offensive linemen were back. We've been we've been battling a lot of injuries there. Um, I definitely think that uh, played a factor in things. Um, guys, guys are back healthy, and um, it, I think it it really jump started the offense a little bit. Um, and obviously we we were able to make some big plays when we needed them. Um, and obviously, in the end, we didn't make all the plays that we needed in order to get the win. um but we definitely did do some good things on offense.
1: You got time at center, you got time at guard. What are the challenges when you have to play two different positions? Um, it, it, it can be
0: difficult, uh, you know, especially if it's in the middle of a series, like it kind of was there, mm-hmm. um, where you're transferring over um, pretty much in the thick of things. That can be a little bit difficult. Um, I, it's something that I've done in my college career and something that I've already had to do this year. So it's something that I've um, at least started to get used to doing and something that I, I practice for during the week. Um, so it, it is difficult, but it's it's something that I'm getting used to, and uh, something that isn't too bad when it when it happens out there.
1: I mean, what is different about the two positions? I mean, outside of obviously at center, you're snapping the ball, but in terms of footwork, you know, technique. I mean, how much different are the two positions?
0: Um, you know, there, there's there's pretty minor differences. Everything um, translates pretty well. I mean, obviously at the center position, you got to snap the ball first and foremost, and that. That uh, raises its own challenges. Um, but uh, moving to guard, um, your pass protection may be a little bit different. You know, you're, you're able to be a little bit further off the ball than the center is, and um, you have a guy lined up right on you at, at, uh, at guard, um, and you're usually – half the time you're going to be uh, – you're manned up on a guy. And uh, when you're playing center – When you are into pass protection, you know, you're pretty much doubling a guy unless there's some sort of blitz coming on the play. Um, So just various things here or there, um, but but most of the technique translates back and forth. And and that really does help whenever you need to uh, change in the middle of a series like that.
1: Washington's blocking schemes. Is Washington a good spot for you? I mean, I remember pre draft, I mean, the pre draft process. They had all sorts of interest in you. You took a visit to them. So when they drafted you there in the sixth round, were you like, okay, that's a good spot for me?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was, I was very happy to, to get the opportunity to come to Washington, um, and I really have loved it. You know, it's um, a great situation for me. I get to play under one of the best offensive line coaches out there. Um, Coach Callahan is, is honestly a legend um, when it comes to just offense in general and then offensive line as well. I've learned so much from him. Um, and then obviously there's, there's a lot of great offensive linemen on this offensive line that I've been able to learn from as well. Um, playing behind Spencer Long, I've learned a lot and I got guys around me like Brandon Sheriff and Trent Williams, Morgan Moses, Sean laval all these veteran guys that have been to pro bowls and, um, have already done great things on their career and um, are, are able to um, pass some of those things on to me.
1: I mean, obviously injuries are a big part of the game, but, I mean, you go up and down that list of of all those names you just laid out. I mean, all those talented offensive linemen, you had to be thinking, okay, you know, I made the squad, You know, I'll dress, but I'll probably be more so a backup. I mean, but all of a sudden, injuries, the next thing you know, you're playing some center, you're playing some guard.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you go into the season and – you may be starting off as a backup, but um, in the NFL, backups have to be starters. I mean, people get hurt. It's, it's obviously a, a very hard game to play um, and play the whole season. So guys are going to get hurt, and when you're, when you're backing up um, three guys on the offensive line, odds are one of them is going to get hurt at some point in the season. So um, even though I wasn't starting at the beginning, um, I knew that I had to be ready to go in at any time. And that's exactly what happened.
1: Chase, what's been the biggest adjustment going from Wyoming to the NFL?
0: Ooh, uh, <laughs> I, I'd honestly just say it's been the, the pure size, speed, and strength. You know, um, guys are bigger, they're faster, and they're stronger. Um, and that, that obviously changes how you need to do things. You know, you need to do everything faster. You need to do everything with more strength um, and, and that just comes down to um, sometimes being more efficient in everything you're doing, um, learning better techniques, and uh, getting, getting a little bit more of a jump on snap count, all these little things that you really need to pay attention to and make sure um, you're taking advantage of. Otherwise, you'll, you'll be behind the eight ball.
1: How much are you still working on your body from a physical standpoint? I mean, you're still a young guy. I mean, do they have a great strength program there? Are you of the mindset that you need to put on some more muscle?
0: Um, you're, you always trying to put on muscle muscle. Um, it can be kind of difficult to do that in season. Um, so especially in season, you know, you're, you're focused more on maintaining your strength. Um, obviously if you're able to make some gains in there, that would be ideal. Um, but uh, a lot of times, um, you know, guys that are on like practice squad, that's, that's their main goal is to get bigger, faster and stronger. Um, but if you're playing in the game, sometimes it's kind of difficult to get in that weight room when you're, um, when you're trying to recover a little bit in between the week. Um, so, um, really it's, it's about maintaining that strength. And then when the off season comes, obviously that's when you really got to push those weights hard and continue to get stronger because, um, you know, you, everyone else is getting stronger. So if you decide you're not going to get stronger, you're, you're going to get, um, get behind the curve. So it's, it's a constant battle of, um, making sure you stay healthy and maintaining and improving your strength throughout the season, and then into the off season as well.
1: Chase, have you had any time to reflect on on your journey to this point? You know, getting you know real snaps, actual playing time already in the NFL. I mean, you think about it, a year ago, you know, you're still playing in college. I mean, it's just everything happens so fast. You know, combine training right after the college season, the combine you know pre-draft workouts getting ready for the draft you're drafted next thing you know rookie mini camp then you know conventional mini camps and otas workouts you know the next thing you know it's training camp the next thing you know it's the pre-season have you had any time to reflect on your incredible journey from where you came from to where you are right now
0: you know i, I think it's always a little bit of a it's always like some constant reflection um I don't know that I've ever sat down and had some sort of epiphany moment about um, all the things, all the crazy things that have happened to me in the last couple of years. Um, but, it, but it's just something that, um, you know, I've really enjoyed the ride and, you know, just kind of taking things as they fall um, and, you know, just take advantage of every opportunity that I've, that I've been given um, and, you know, just continue to look forward to all, to all the things that I have in my future. Um, you know, you're, you're only given so many opportunities and I just got to make sure that I'm able to take advantage of all the ones that I get, um, and, and continue to make the most of this opportunity that I have right
1: now. When did the NFL first pop on your radar? I mean, are we just talking a year or two ago? Does it go back as far as junior or senior year at Burnsville High School? Um,
0: it's difficult to say, um, Going to a smaller college like Wyoming, um, the NFL isn't necessarily your your first thought through the first couple years of um, being there. Um, Honestly, I wouldn't really say that I really saw it happening until maybe my junior year. Um, I started to get a little bit of um, recognition, and you know, people were telling me that scouts were interested and things like that. So, um, up until that moment, you know, I was really just I still had the mentality that I was I was going to go out, get my free education, and uh, wind up with a mechanical engineering job somewhere. Um, and it wasn't until probably my junior year that I started to realize that this may have been a possibility. Um, and at that point, you, you just you got to put the pedal in the metal and and go for it because um, it's something uh, that that's always been a dream of mine. And uh, as soon as that, that dream starts to become a possibility, you got to make it a reality. Um, and, and fortunately, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to do just that.
1: I'm looking at all the teams you guys have played, Chase. I mean, it's been one heck of a schedule. I mean, one could argue Washington, you guys have played as tough a schedule as anybody in the NFL through these first, I guess it would be nine games, ten weeks. You know, but I'm thinking about Philadelphia's defensive line. Or heck Kansas City's defensive line, the Ram's defensive line with Aaron Donald, Dallas's defensive line, but you're saying the Vikings as good as any that you guys have faced this year?
0: I'd definitely say as good as any. Um, you know the Eagles defensive line is phenomenal um, and we've 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 played them twice already now um, and you know you, you, <laughs> whenever you have guys like Fletcher Cox in there um, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Um, you know, there's there's so many good defensive linemen out there in the NFL, um, and and so many good groups of those good offensive or defensive linemen. It, it gets difficult to start saying who's best, and you know who's um, whatever. It, it really just comes down to, um, you know, you just gotta focus on who's in front of you and beating that that guy. Um, and you know, everyone everyone's in the NFL now at this point, so. Um, whether, whether it's Fletcher Cox or Linval Joseph or someone that I can't name right now, you know, it, it, you're really playing against a very good defensive lineman. So.
1: How about the Rams as a whole? I mean, you guys beat the Rams. The Rams are coming here to play the Vikings on Sunday. I mean, the buzz here this week is, you know, rightfully so, that this game has all sorts of playoff seed implications. You know, the Rams are 7-2. and The Vikings are now 7-2. and you know, both teams jockeying for one of those top two seeds in the NFC to get that first round playoff by. What would you tell Vikings fans who are who are wondering about the Rams?
0: Well, I mean, they're a very good team. Um, their their offense has really come alive in the last few weeks. I've definitely seen that starting to happen. Um, and you know, they they've got some solid solid defensive players that um, you got to watch out for and, and definitely game plan for.
1: I'll leave you with this, Chase. How much are you following your your alma mater, Wyoming, and you know the quarterback? I mean, the quarterback, Josh Allen, should be a first-round pick now. He's hurt. I saw his mom post it on, on some social media platform that it, it's some sort of injury that, that Josh is going to miss some time. But, but how much do you follow them, and how good is the quarterback? I
0: watch every game that I'm possibly able to. Um, uh, sometimes they're not always on channels that I'm able to get out here on the East Coast. Um, but I, I've watched just about every one of them. Um, I, I really do keep up with those guys. Obviously, I know just about every player on that team still, and I love those guys, and, um, I'm wishing them the best, and I'm really happy to see how successful that they've been this year. Um, and, I, and, you know, Josh Allen's a phenomenal quarterback. Um, I, I have, I have, uh, staff members on the Redskins asking about him probably once a week at least. Um, you know, they're, he's obviously going to be a phenomenal, NFL football player, in my opinion, um, and uh, I think he'll get drafted high. And you know, I heard he was a little bit hurt. Um, hopefully, he he'll be able to fight through that and and, and, and play against his his hometown school, Fresno State, uh, this week.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, I'm just I'm actually reading. I just did a quick Google search. I'm on the Casper newspaper, Casper, Wyoming newspaper website. Headline: Craig Bull expects Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen to be cleared for practice this week. So it is a shoulder injury. His mom wasn't making that up, but it reads like Josh should be back for this game this this week.
0: Oh, that's great to hear. I'm, I'm happy he'll be able to go out there and play. Chase, he's, thank he's, you. He's the leader of that team, so they they need him.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, heck, I mean, there's got to be a reason why. I mean, I would be lying to you if I told you I've I've watched you know any of him actually. But but the word <laughs> is, I mean, he's he's a surefire first round pick, and it's a draft that could be loaded with quarterbacks. The UCLA kid the USC kid, but, yeah, I mean, all these people, the Oklahoma State kid, but, but all these scouts and, and a lot of league people say, Chase, that, that your guy Josh Allen should be a first-round pick. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, for Wyoming to have a first-round quarterback, I mean, that would say a lot. Yeah,
0: um, you know, he's he's had a lot of success the last couple of years, and um, obviously he's got all the, all the intangibles, you know. So it, 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 he's a great quarterback, and I wish him the best.
1: Chase, we wish you nothing but the best. I know a lot of people here in the Twin Cities are rooting you on, specifically in the in the Burnsville Savage area.
0: Well, thank you very much.
1: Appreciate it, Chase. We'll be in touch. No problem. Savage native, the pride of Burnsville High School and the University of Wyoming, offensive lineman Chase Roulier of the Washington Redskins. The 199th pick in the April NFL Draft. Sixth round pick by the Washington Redskins. And he earned a spot, training camp, then preseason, played well, and now because of injuries, he's had ample opportunity, played a bunch, started at center against the Cowboys recently, and on Sunday against the Vikings, played both guard and center. Chase Rulier, remember the name, bright future for the South Metro young man. We'll get the former Gopher Richard Coffey to review Monday's Gophers victory at Providence, talk Gophers basketball as a whole but first some love from one of the sponsors of the scoop podcast vine park brewing for more information online it is vinepark.com vine park brewing is in st paul on west 7th street between 35 e and downtown st paul they've been making beer for 22 years i promise you you don't last 22 years without a good tasting product by the way right now for seven bucks if you're interested you go in there you pay seven bucks You watch them make their beer, their wine, their root beer. Then you get a flight or a pint plus Hagee's Pizza. So if you're into, hey, how do they make that great beer? They will show you. Owner Andy is all about helping. Hey, if you want to make your own beer, they help you do that. Vine Park Brewing. Helps you make your own beer and your own wine on their equipment, and they will help you through the entire process. So whatever your time allows, you want to make your own beer, make your own wine, swing in, grab a growler, just a quick, hey, five minutes in and out, whatever your time allows, I'm telling you, it's worth checking them out. Vine Park Brewing in St. Paul on West 7th Street. For more information, vinepark.com.
2: Here's what you may have missed on a recent episode of Football Headquarters with Sean Zobel. To me, Teddy's the type of guy with his gloves, with everything involved, that he needs good conditions to play in. So I would I would venture to guess that one of those three Dome games, we'll see Teddy come back.
1: I don't think it's Detroit on a short week. I don't. I don't think it's Thanksgiving Day morning. I don't. That would shock me. But at some point, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's also Green Bay on Christmas Eve. You know, the frigid conditions of Lambeau Field. I don't think that's the first time Teddy takes naps either. So do you want Teddy in that environment? I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think these are some of the things that the Vikings are discussing, Sean. I don't think they have any firm answers. I guarantee you Zimmer, Peyton, those guys, Spielman, they're at Winter Park having these very discussions. You can find the Football Headquarters podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page. All right, let's get to Richard Coffee. Richard, how much fun was Monday? I mean to me, it had the feel, you know, Gophers Providence. It had the feel, Richard, of of a round of thirty two type game, a game that we could see come mid to late March. I think that's how good both those teams are. That was a fun, fun game on Monday.
3: It was a it was extremely fun to watch and a big game for the Gophers to win. Providence is not in the top twenty five, but uh they just out they're just outside of the top twenty five, so Uh, And it's a Big East team, so um, that was a really good roll win for the Gophers.
1: I mean, I'll tell you this much, Richard. I mean, on... Tuesday morning, I see Seth Davis tweeting about the Gophers, calling them a sleeper Final Four team. I'm not quite sure they're a sleeper Final Four team. That might just be a legitimate Final Four contender. Dickie V was tweeting about the Gophers. Andy Katz was covering the game. I mean, you think about all the national pundits. I mean, Bill Raftery is calling the game. Tim Brando's calling the game. It just had this big game feel. And the program itself, the team itself, Richard, has this big-time feel to it.
3: No, I, I think with the addition of the new players, uh, the new freshmen that have came in and the returner of you returning four of your five starters from last year, um, well, if you count Dupree, five of five, because he started half of the year last year. I mean, that puts you in a pretty good position, and you have you have multiple people on that team that can score, which makes you a really big threat offensively. Now, of course, when you're early in the season, there's always some improvement that can be done on the defensive end. But they're doing what they have to do right now to win games.
1: I mean, they score. I mean, it seems like with ease, Richard, they can get to 85 or 90 points. I'm with you. They need to clean up the defense. Heck, they need to work on uh, moving the ball a little bit on offense. But just overall, when it comes to points scored, I mean, they can put up a big-time number.
3: No, they because there are several, there are several people on the team that can score double figures. I mean, there are several people on the team that can score 20 points a night. So when you have that type of offense, um, you know, offensively, is, uh, offense is not, going, is not going to be the go Gophers' problem this year. Um, you know, they have, to, they have to continue to improve on defense. And, you know, when you get in really big games late in the Big Ten season, you do have to move the ball a lot more. You're not going to win too many big games. I think Monday night they had six assists as a team. You're not going to win too many big games like that.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, expounding on that. I mean, there were times on Monday against Providence where they didn't move the ball the way they should have.
3: Well, and, and thankful for the Gophers, Providence defensively, they were terrible as well. So, <laughs> yeah. so, But it's early in the season, and you can expect that. Um, I, I, I just think when you have so many people on a team that can score, um, moving the ball – we get we get you open shots whether it's a jump shot or uh, a post move, but you have to share the ball. And teams that share the ball, those are the teams that win uh, conference titles, and those are the teams that that get in the in the NCAA tournament and, and and win some games in the NCAA tournament. You know, it's, it's you know early in the season, you know, the competition you play is not as strong as as the Big Ten, although Providence. Um, Is a strong team,
1: mm-hmm. um,
3: and and sometimes you know early in the season you get it's easy to get carried away from the individual perspective and, and 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 just shooting the ball and not moving it. But as you get as you get into the Big Ten season, you're gonna need everybody um, um, offensively. You're gonna need everybody defensively and and offensively. You you have to move the basketball.
1: I'll tell you one guy. I mean, we can highlight many guys, and we will. You know, but the one guy that probably needs to be highlighted the most, you know, among the guys that can score for them, is is Jordan Murphy. Does Jordan yeah. have a little Richard Coffee in his game?
3: Think Jordan Jordan is much more explosive than I ever was. Um, than I ever were. He um, you know, he's he's worked really hard in the summer, from what I understand. Um, he's he's always been strong. His footwork his footwork look a lot look a lot uh, I'm sorry a lot better. Mm-hmm. this year than last year and he's just playing with confidence right now
1: yeah i mean heck i mean if we want to call miles bridges of michigan state a small forward i don't know if they classify him a small or a power forward but for sake of this conversation let's call miles bridges a small forward is there a better power forward in the big 10 now some badgers fans will say hey whoa ethan hap is better than jordan murphy but i'm just telling you maybe it's recency bias hometown bias whatever it is richard Jordan Murphy might be the best power forward in the Big Ten.
3: I don't think Ethan is better than Jordan. I think Jordan is better than Ethan. I think Jordan rebounds better. I think Jordan uh, can score better, um, and, I, and, and I think his 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 movement is better. Um, so I I, I, you know, I I'll take Jordan every night over over Ethan.
1: On Isaiah Washington, how much of an adjustment do you think you know whether it's you know Amir others where other guys have to adjust their game because Isaiah. You know, I mean, heck, he can distribute the ball. We know that. But he needs yep. his shots, too, right? Or he at least wants his shots. So you right. know he's going to shoot the ball. How much of an yep. adjustment is it for guys like Amir and others?
3: Well, I think whenever you bring a player in at his caliber, you, I mean, everybody has to make a little adjustment to make room for that guy. I mean, he's the guy that's going to be on the court for us. And, and I like his game. He, 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 he does. I mean, he looks to score, but he also looks to make the right pass as well. Um, and that's gonna, that's gonna be important. And once he gets more games under his belt, get a little more experience. And, you know, there's, there's a, there were a couple situations where he might have forced a couple situations right now, but that's, is early in the season and he's a freshman. You know, but he's definitely going to, going to help us down the stretch because he has a high basketball IQ and he's a really good player that has, he handles the ball extremely well and he can make, uh, a, passes that a lot of guys can't make.
1: You know the team as well as anybody. It's maturation, I guess when talking about some of the individuals, you know, whether it's Dupree, Nate, Amir, Jordan, Reggie, I mean, are they pretty much egoless? Are they able to defer to Isaiah knowing that Isaiah has to get up, you know, X amount of shots per game?
3: Um, I, you know, I, I, I what I hope I don't want to say what I think, but what I hope is that everybody on the floor will make the right basketball plays to put the team in the best position to win. And if one night, if that's Isaiah, one night, then it's Isaiah. If it's if it's Amir, if Amir, if it's Jordan, it's Jordan. If it's Mason, it's Mason. Um, you know, or whoever it is. I, you know, if you're going to the teams that go to the, the teams that go to the Final Four, they're not selfish teams, and and they definitely have more than six assists per game. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm excited just like everyone else. Uh, with their start, the two and zero start, um, but I, you know, I, I just know the teams that move the ball um, offensively and play and play lockdown defense and play together as a team; those are teams that advance.
1: How would you evaluate Amir's play so far? Even going back to, you know, I mean, heck, Wisconsin Green Bay is is a decent opponent, so you know, consider yeah. that exhibition game, even the Creighton game. I know you weren't yeah. at the Creighton game, but Creighton, Wisconsin, yeah. Green Bay, you know, USC, Upstate. You know, I guess maybe even Concordia, St. Paul, and then you know, obviously yeah. Monday against Providence. How would you evaluate Amir's play so far?
3: I mean, he's, he's playing—he's playing okay. Uh, you know, as a—I'll as a, as a, answer that question in two ways. As a—as a parent first, and then as a coach second. As a—as a parent, I—I I, I would like to see him um, more aggressive offensively, and—and and that doesn't mean shoot. I always told him growing up be aggressive, but—and I follow that statement up with being aggressive doesn't mean shoot. Being aggressive means Making a move, trying to create a shot for yourself or one of your teammates. Mm-hmm. You no, know, Amir is a team guy, and 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 that's what he is. And and he he he's unselfish. And um, you know, some people think he's too unselfish. I, I think Amir um, probably should learn to be a little more aggressive. And I think he's learning that. Um, and as a coach, you know, I, I you know Amir plays a lot of minutes because he's kind of the, he's kind of a glue guy as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he he keeps everything moving. He he makes the extra pass. Uh, he's long. He, he's a long defender on the wing. I mean, he you know he, he does a lot of things that keep him on the floor. So um, so I think he's been okay. I think he's going to get better um, as the season go on, uh, and I think the team will get better as the season go on.
1: I mean, is he? I mean, would you say at times he is too unselfish that he defers too much? Is there such a thing as he almost plays the game too much the right way?
3: I tell you why. If I had Amir' talent, I'd be shooting shooting quite a bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know you would. <laughs>
3: but, so, so yeah, I, I think I think he needs to learn to be a little more aggressive. Yeah, um, and I and I think he will. Um, but but I but Amir is never going to be the guy to take the most shots on the team. That's just not who he is. Um. And and I don't think, but uh, I, I think the coaches would like to see him take more shots, and you know he he can score in bunches as you saw in the second half, mm-hmm. um, of the Providence game. So I I think I think he just needs to focus on putting two halves together and just getting consistent uh, from half to half.
1: How much has he worked on his body? I mean, he looks noticeably thicker in his in his upper body.
3: Yeah, he's been, he's he's worked. I mean, he's you know he's been in the weight room. You know, um, and, and Amir Amir's appetite has always not been a large one. So he's he's been you know he's he's learned to kind of force himself to put down more calories, um, to eat more calories. And you know, when Amir graduated from high school, well, I, I weighed Amir his, his senior year after they won the state tournament. I weighed him the very next day, mm-hmm. and he was one hundred and he was one hundred and eighty four pounds. I think now he's somewhere between 205 and 210.
1: Mm. I mean, that's pretty so, good then. I mean, yeah. you know, and, you know, to be continued, right? I mean, yeah. you know, this time next year he might be 215-ish, right? Right,
3: right, exactly, exactly. I, you know, I, I don't I don't think Amir will ever get to be 230, 235. I don't want Amir at 230, 235. You know, um, today's game is so quick and fast and there's, and there's so much more skill involved um you know i think they got it can be 215 you know 220 i mean that can can move and, and dribble and shoot and and, and rebound i mean that's a, that 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 kid should have a chance
1: i'll tell you one guy who's got a man's body well certainly reggie lynch does but what about Devontae fitzgerald i mean it'll take him a while i mean you think about the last time he played competitive basketball we're going back a couple years, you know, after he transfers from Texas A&M then tears his ACL, but he has a chance to contribute at some point later this year, especially with Eric Curry out.
3: I like him a lot. Um, you know, he, it's been a while since he's played, I think. I think we we as fans need to be patient with him and, and let him let him get his, his rhythm back and his timing. Um, but, he man, he, he's so athletic. Uh, you know, I, I, I asked Amir about him from time to time, just how he's doing in practice, and Amir just tells me he's so athletic and 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 his body i mean I, he, yeah he can play a 3 or 4 in my opinion and he can shoot the ball from the outside too you know the first couple of games again it's, it's it's a timing thing for him and i think once he gets his timing back i think he's going to be a key i think he's going to be a big key for us as we get into the big 10 season and try to advance in the in the NCAA tournament because you have you have lynch and you have murphy um and outside of that you know he's the, he's the, he's the, probably the next mobile big guy that we have um he 's probably more mobile than both of those guys he's just gotta find his rhythm find his timing and he 's gonna be uh, he 's gonna be key to our success
1: on Lynch I mean as you watch him, I mean how much of it is bad luck and how much of it is positioning? You know, that he can do things differently to avoid the ref constantly blowing the whistle. You know, I mean, he's always in foul trouble. If he could just find a way, Richard, to play 27 minutes a night, I mean, heck, right? I mean, just find a way. He's got to stay out of foul trouble. He's a good player, right? You really like Reggie Lynch when he's on the court. He just doesn't stay on the court enough.
3: But this is the problem with shot blockers. I mean, a shot blocker. And 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 I and I hear people say, you oh, know, Reggie stop fouling, Reggie stop fouling. But then when he blocks five or six shots a game, they they say how good of a shot blocker he is. Mm-hmm. But if if he's not taking chances, he's not going to block five or six shots a game. I mean, so you can't have it both ways. Yeah, I, I wish he wouldn't foul as well. And but he's aggressive. He's aggressive in when he's aggressive when he tried to block shots. He's a shot blocker, and that's what he does. Now, um, I think because of his size, he's a big guy. And, and you know maybe he maybe he gets a little carried away sometimes with some of these the shots that he's, tra- he's he's trying to block, but he didn't become one of the top shot blockers in the in the nation by not being aggressive going out to uh, block shots. And and when you when that's part of your game and a big part of your game, you're gonna you're gonna be susceptible to fouls. You just are. Now for our situation, we need him to be on the court more, um, but. Again, you know, if you look throughout history, shot blockers have been in a lot of
1: foul trouble. On Nate Mason, Richard, I mean, he's gotten a lot better, but is he more is he more of a two guard? That's, yeah, that's, I think he's a two that's guard. a point guard that they don't have much of a choice right now. Maybe eventually, in fact, I'm positive eventually Isaiah Washington is the starting point guard, but he wants to shoot the ball too. But but Nate yeah. can make shots. I mean, he's a shot maker. He's not really a point guard, but he's a good player.
3: No, he's a good player, for sure he is. I mean, he was he was first team all Big Ten, so you got to be a good player to be first team all Big Ten, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think, I, I think his true position is a two guard. Um, you know, and I'm sure Washington, I, I, I don't know what the coaches are thinking, but I know Washington will get a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, does that, you know, if you start Washington and Nate at the, the one or two, how, does that make us small at those positions mm-hmm. um, when, you, when you get into the Big Ten? Um you know, I don't, I don't know.
1: I mean, it's not like so, Dupree brings a lot of size, though, right? No, but he's bigger
3: than those two guys, so yeah. it'll be interesting. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, a, that's, that's that's a situation that, you know, the coach may have to evaluate what what's best for the team. And, you know, out of those three guys, two of them are going to start. Right now, if Nate and Dupree, you know, does that change? Um, you know, time will tell.
1: Yeah, I mean, heck, and you have to wonder, I mean, how would Dupree respond to coming off the bench? Like, we know right. Nate's not and, coming and, off the bench, so who who between Isaiah and Dupree is better suited to come in at the, you know, under whatever it is, 16 timeout, under 12 timeout, and mm-hmm. be efficient right away? I mean, for some guys, it takes a little while, so maybe it makes more sense for Dupree to start.
3: Yeah, it is tough. I mean, you know, if if if, if Washington does end up starting, I mean, it's tough when you when you've been here, uh, Dupree is a junior, and and you've been playing, and you and you've been starting. Uh, it's tough to, to, to play a different role. I mean, it, it just is. I, I don't care who it is. So uh, it, it'll be tough on anyone to play a different role, especially when you go from starting to not starting. But um, but coach, the coaches have to do what's best for the team, and uh, I'm sure if they feel. Um, I'm sure they feel the whoever is best for the team. That's the individual that's going to start. And right now, uh, it's obviously they feel that that that's Dupree because Dupree's been starting the first two games.
1: I'll leave you after this. You know Eric Curry's mom incredibly yep. well. You've got to know Eric incredibly well. Yep. A. How's he doing? And B. How much will they miss him this year?
3: I, one, he's he's doing great. Um, you know, when he first injured his, his knee, I, I called him and I actually went over to see him. And I. I just took him through the process that Amir went through. And I'd say, listen, I said, it's going to hurt like hell. I said, when you first get your surgery, you're going to think you can't move your knee. Then your knee going to start moving. And then you're going to be able to walk a little, but it's going to hurt. And then you're going to be able to walk a lot. And then when you finally get ready, when they they clear you to come back, you're going to say, I'm ready to play. But everybody that you were dominating before you got hurt, they're going to be dominating you and then all of a sudden one day you're going to start getting better and better. So it's a process. I was just trying to get him to understand that it's a process. You know, be patient, go through the process. And I, and I told you know, I would say to him, Amir did the same thing. Look at Amir now. He's totally back, probably stronger than, than he's ever been. So um, and, and are they going to miss him? Yeah, I think they're going to miss him a lot. He, he worked a lot this summer. I mean, he got stronger and bigger, and, you know, he, he just worked on his foot. His, his feet were—I mean, he was footwork, and he was just—he uh, was going to have a—he was going to make a big jump this year. Uh, so it's unfortunate that he that he got hurt, where he's going to miss the entire year. Um, but you know, uh, some things that, some positive things you can look at. He he gets a year of of schooling behind him. He gets a year to get stronger. Uh, he's going to come back as a as a junior and have three three years left on, eligibility left. Um, and he just has to attack his rehab like he would, uh, you know, attack the basket. You're going up for a dunk, you just got to give it 110 and make sure you're doing every exercise and every stretch that they tell you to do, so you can get back on the court as soon as possible.
1: Richard, always appreciate the time. Let's connect. We're neighbors. We've been meaning to get together. I mean, heck, you're like right across the street from me. I got to come over and see that new bar hey. setup you have.
3: Yeah, As soon as my house gets finished being under construction you can come over.
1: Perfect, let's plan on it. You know what? I mean, you might be on the road. I suppose you would be on the road, but I was going to say we could maybe make plans to like watch a Sweet 16 or an Elite 8 game.
3: I hope to be on the road.
1: I think you I, you know what? I'm tempted to think you're going to be on the road. I do I, I think hope. they're that good. I really do. I hope I hope I am. I hope I am. I know but I I'm not, not too early. I'm, I'm not, trying not to over overreact, but I'm telling you Richard, I think this team is legit. Like, super legit. Are.
3: No, I think they are, too. When you when you have multiple guys that can score, again, everything is based on the defense. Defense and rebounding. If we can rebound, if we can play solid defense, we can have a chance to win every game we're in.
1: I like it, Richard. I'll be in touch, sir. Okay, good to hear from you. Amir Coffey's dad, former gopher Richard Coffey. Richard necessarily hasn't volunteered this information But the others have that would know they didn't really run any plays in the first half for Amir Coffey. You know, he got hot there in the second half. They don't really run many plays overall for Amir. I've talked about this in the past. You know, if you're Richard Pitino, if you're a Gophers fan, send Fred Hoiberg a yearly thank you basket. Hey, send Shaka Smart a yearly thank you basket. You don't need to apologize for landing those guys. But I will say this much, if Fred Hoiberg doesn't leave Ames, Iowa to take the Bulls job, I think Amir Coffey is an Iowa State Cyclone. If Shaka Smart doesn't leave VCU for Texas, Jordan Murphy is a member of VCU. It's just the way it works. But hey, Shaka leaves, the Gophers jumped on Jordan Murphy. They beat out Indiana for Jordan Murphy. Good job by the Gophers. Fred Hoiberg leaves Iowa State, heads to Chicago. The Gophers were all over Amir. Ben Johnson did a phenomenal job throughout that entire recruiting process. But I'm just saying, if you're a Gophers fan, and I think this year has a chance to be very, very special, you can certainly thank Shaka Smart and Fred Hoiberg, because Amir Coffey and Jordan Murphy have a lot to do with the Gophers' success. I'll continue the Gophers basketball theme here. I'll go news and notes for the rest of this podcast, so I'll continue the Gophers basketball theme. The Denver Nuggets had a scout at that opening game against USC Upstate. Then the Providence game had the Cavs, the Thunder, the Lakers, and the Celtics as the teams there. All sorts of NBA scouts tracking the Gophers this year, wondering about Amir Coffey. Certainly Reggie Lynch, he has an NBA skill, shot blocking. Even Nate Mason, Isaiah Washington, there are legitimate reasons for NBA scouts to track the Gophers. By the way, for the game later this month against Miami... There is said to be a number of NBA teams that have reached out for credentials, plus there will be a number of recruits. That will be a huge NBA scouting night plus recruiting night when the Gophers host Miami in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. The Gophers back in action Wednesday night hosting Niagara. My colleague Joe Schmidt sits down with Gophers coach Richard Petino on Thursday morning for a future TV piece. So we'll see if Richard divulges anything to Joe. If he does, I'll pass it along on Scoop Podcast episode 110. Before we get to some twin scoops, let me give some love to Morty, M-O-R-T-Y, the newest and smartest way to get a home mortgage. If you've ever bought a home, you know that the mortgage process can be some of the most confusing and painful hours of your life. Heck, the Wolfson family... Is constantly growing. We really like our house in the West Metro. Heck, if we're in that house for the next 5, 10, 15 years, we're cool with that. But we've also recently been looking to get into a bigger space. So we looked at a house in our neighborhood. We had to go through the mortgage process. I deferred to Mrs. Wolfson because I know what kind of pain in the you-know-what that can be. But with Morty, they make it fast and easy. Morty not only simplifies the process, but they help you find the smartest mortgage That's right for you. You just input your information into Morty's secure website, and in less time than it takes to hear this ad, you can shop for qualified rates from different lenders. Here's the website. I'll mention it a couple times. Trymorty.com backslash scoop. Trymorty.com backslash scoop. With Morty, you'll get real loan options in minutes without ever being called or sold to a mortgage broker. And by shopping loans from different lenders, you'll be able to pick the rate and term that best fits your needs. If you're ever stuck, if you have questions, someone from Morty's team is always ready to assist you over real-time chat or on the phone. Morty wants to save you money. At Morty, there is no commissioned salespeople so their experts exist solely to get you the best deal possible. Again, the website, trymorty.com backslash scoop. Trymorty.com backslash scoop to get started today. Morty, Inc. is a licensed mortgage broker, equal housing lender, www.nmisconsumeraccess.org, number 1429243. All right, on the Twins with the GM meetings this week in Orlando, the Twins met with every big agency. That includes Scott Boros. He's got Jake Arrieta. He's got Greg Holland. They met with the Wasserman folks. They have Hugh Darvish. They met with Octagon. They have Carlos Santana. They have Fernando Rodney. I'm saying go up and down the list. Every free agent that you can think of outside of here's one. Here's a pretty good reliever they have not inquired on yet, Steve Sisek. Otherwise, you name the reliever from Kinsler to Shaw. You name the starter, Darvish, Arietta, Lynn, Chatwood. Lynn and Chatwood have the same agent. XL, Sports Management. So they've met with all those folks. The Twins have told agents Juan Necesio is in this mix. I'm just telling you, go up and down the list of every free agent starter and reliever. All the best guys. The Twins have inquired on all those guys, from what I can gather, except for c the Twins have told agents they are willing to spend good money. Now, will action equal their words? That remains to be seen. But the fact that they are at least in the mix on Yu Darvish, they know it'll take five or six years at 18 to $22 million per year to sign Yu Darvish. They know that. I mean, when they go into that meeting with Joel Wolf, Yu Darvish's agent, they know what the parameters are. The Twins are still in that mix. Again, I'm not guaranteeing they sign any of these guys, but I'm just telling you the Twins are in the mix on all these guys Also, on Carlos Santana, the Twins have interest. Clearly, the top priority is pitching, both a starter and a reliever. But they are one of 10 to 12 teams expressing interest in Carlos Santana. There is legit interest in Santana. But again, he is not the top priority. But I'm just telling you, when I get all these questions on social media, hey, have the Twins talked to this guy, that guy? They have pretty much have inquired on every single available arm plus Carlos Santana. FoxSports.com was the first to report Trade talks with the Reds about the closer Iglesias. I can tell you, in addition to the Reds, they have talked to the Rays about Alex Colome, good reliever. Tampa has an open mind. Heck, when you're talking to Tampa, you would also ask about the price on Chris Archer. Now, Logic would say they've talked to the Padres about Brad Hand. I don't know that for sure. I can just tell you, though, for sure they have talked trade with the Tampa Bay Rays. So the Twins have an open mind, both free agency and and the trade market. A reminder on Miguel Suneau, he had the successful surgery in New York earlier this week for the next couple weeks. He'll continue his rehab in New York, then rotate between Fort Myers and the Dominican Republic when it comes to that rehab. The Twins did indeed void the contract on Jelfre Marte, the shortstop they signed or agreed to terms with in July. I can advance the story from this standpoint. He was here on September 21st. So he was here in Minneapolis on September 21st, underwent an extensive physical. Baseball America says it's an issue with his vision. I will defer to them on that, but I can tell you he was here, so this failed physical actually goes back about two months. You know, the voiding has now come to light in the last couple days, but the Twins actually voided this contract going back about seven or eight weeks. They have just over $3 million total when it comes to their international pool of money so when talking about the japanese pitcher otani who they clearly are in on we know they want shohei otani just like a lot of teams it won't come down to money though you think about otani he could have waited two more years signed a 100 million dollar contract he could have waited two more years then come to major league baseball he's coming now so whether he signs for 3.25 million for $2.75 million. we are talking peanuts in the grand scheme of things. Him, his agency, Creative Arts Agency, who, by the way, the Twins met with in Orlando, they are looking for the best possible situation. Now, is that Minnesota? Can the Twins recruit him? I don't know. I mean, I still think they are a long shot in that regard. How do you turn down the Yankees or some other big market? But it won't come down to, hey, the Twins have the third most money to spend on Otani that really is insignificant in the grand scheme because he's not getting that much money to begin with. What's the difference between 3.25 million, 3.75 million, 2.5 million where the Twins could benefit is, hey, if some team wants to offer him an extra $500,000, the Twins could trade some of their international money. Maybe they could acquire an okay, you know, prospect. You're not getting a major league player for $500,000 of your international money, but the Twins will explore that avenue of trading some of their international money for something but the idea of otani landing here i think that's a long shot but hey give the twins credit they are willing to pay the 20 million dollar posting fee and heck they would spend that three million dollars they have their international pool right now if otani said hey i want to be a twin the twins would give him the three million they would pay the 20 million dollar posting fee but hey So would about 20 other teams. Everybody wants Shohei Ohtani. In fact, here is Thad Levine from my friends at MLB Network. I actually tweeted out this video the other day. I may as well throw it here in the podcast. Here is Thad Levine, regular on the Scoop podcast. We'll have him on. Maybe when the Twins do something, when they sign one of these pitchers, I think I'll have Thad on for reaction. I guess we could have Thad on in the next couple of weeks to preview the winter meetings if they haven't done anything by the end of November. But anyway, Thad Levine, good friend of the podcast. He was on MLB Network on Monday. Here's him talking about their free agent strategy, then the interest in Otani. You
2: know, in, in 2017, we ended up setting a franchise record with 36 pitchers used. And I think that that's rare to say that and also go to the playoffs in the same season. So, our goal is to definitely address our pitching this offseason, starting and bullpen. And I think one of the misconceptions about the Pollad family, our ownership group, is that I think they want to be inspired to spend money. So I think we're going to have conversations with everybody throughout the free agent market. We're going to be very active in conversations in the trade market. And then we're going to evaluate what's the best value to bring into our organization. But as we look at it right now, We feel like we're a contender for the wild card position, but our goal is to try to put ourselves in the best position to win the division. So we're looking at deals that could help us take steps closer to the Cleveland Indians so we can bona fide contend for the American League Central. You know, I think it's such a unique situation, both in terms of the talent, offensively and pitching-wise, but also the fact that... Uh, I, I say this, and I don't mean to sound capricious, that all it will cost is $20 million to get in the conversation to be able to have, have a discussion with CAA and with, with Shohei Otani. And so I think we're going to be right there. You know, we, we, have a, we have a strong interest. We have a strong need. Uh, at the end of the day, will we be able to recruit him? Time, time will tell. But, I mean, we're hopeful to have a seat at that table. I think we'd let him do whatever he damn well pleases to to, to, to come to Minnesota so uh, we're, we're not too picky. You know, I, I, I haven't seen him hit as much as I've seen him pitch. I've seen a lot of video, and then we we were right down the street when I was in Texas when he was in Peoria with, with Nippon when they, when they had a spring training there. So I got to see him pitch a number of times. Uh, a little bit less familiar with his offensive game, but I, I think, you know, we're open-minded, I will say that.
1: One other Twins note, they had good representation last week at a Dominican Republic showcase. The Nation's Showcase in the Dominican Republic. A bunch of guys that can sign in the next couple years talking about international free agents. All right, let's move on to the Wolves. The Knicks let go. The 6'9 shooter forward i have been asked, hey, the Wolves have interest. Well, you know what? They couldn't claim him. I mean, they have the roster space, but they don't have the cap space, so they couldn't put a waiver claim on him. So they had to wait for him to clear waivers. And he has the opportunity to sign wherever he would like. His camp identified other teams, or has identified other teams. I guess as of this taping, he is still a free agent. He is not coming to Minnesota. So even if the Wolves reach out, his camp doesn't look at the Wolves as a spot that— he could flourish, and heck, I can't fault his camp for thinking that they have the camping. Other clients here, they see that Tibbs doesn't use his bench very much. So if you represent Kuzminskis and you're looking at your options, there's no reason to come to Minnesota. So any more questions I get about that, you can move on. He is not coming here. Perry Jones the third. He was in for a workout, a free agent workout. The Wolves had all those free agents here in September. He was among those guys. They signed him to the D League, or I guess the G League team, I guess. It's the Gatorade League now in Iowa. I've been asked, hey, any chance he comes up with the Wolves? No, they signed him as a roster filler. You know, they had him in Iowa, I guess it was last year. The point is, he's not coming up to the Wolves anytime soon. Not to dismiss the possibility, heck, if he completely dominates down there, you can't rule anything out. But the Wolves did not sign Perry Jones III, the Iowa Wolves, with the idea that, hey, he'll be up with the Wolves in the near future. Jimmy Butler was at Mall of America on Tuesday creating a stir, took a picture with Santa. I tweeted out that photo. Heck, he was recognized Left and right, Jimmy's a man of the people, so he stopped. He took all the pictures. Jimmy Butler had a fun time at the Mall of America on Tuesday. Scott Layden, Wolves general manager. Brian Pauga, Wolves director of personnel among three Wolves folks in Chicago on Tuesday for Duke, Michigan State, and Kansas, Kentucky. Minimum, the Wolves have that Oklahoma City first-round pick from the Ricky Rubio trade. If they somehow miss the playoffs with this roster, they would also have their own first-round pick. If the Wolves make the playoffs... That pick goes to the Atlanta Hawks come June from the Adrian Payne trade. One other Wolves note, Jamal Crawford, a good friend of the podcast, as good a conversationalist as there is. Jamal was on the Mackey and Judd show on Wednesday at 11 a.m. So go to the 11 a.m. hour of the Mackey and Judd show page, 1500ESPN.com. Find that interview. He is always an enjoyable listen. We'll have Jamal on the podcast again, by the way, in the near future. All right, let's wrap up Scoop Podcast episode 109 with all sorts of notes. I have an Adam Thielen note. In his contract, he has a $1 million escalator if he hits 90 catches. Heck, if he stays healthy, Adam Thielen will eclipse 90 catches. So when Adam Thielen, assuming health, gets to 90 catches, there's a $1 million escalator for his 2018 contract. Mike Remmers is out of the concussion protocol. He was on the practice field On Wednesday, Everson Griffin, also, by the way, on the injury front, told a few of us in the locker room on Wednesday morning, he is good to go this week against the Los Angeles Rams. On Gophers football, I mentioned that PJ Fleck was recruiting in California last week. That was on episode 107 or 108. That was early last week. He went to go see actually two quarterbacks. He went to go see a linebacker and two quarterbacks. All sorts of focus on. Gaining a quarterback or two, actually two quarterbacks for the 2018 class and Fleck working religiously, diligently on the 2019 quarterback situation as well. Trust me, PJ Fleck gets it. He needs to fix the quarterback position. He is working very hard on bringing in multiple 2018 quarterbacks and multiple 2019 quarterbacks. We had Wild VP Brent Flair on a recent Scoop podcast. He told us that Charlie Coyle is ahead of schedule with his rehab from the tibia injury. He's, in fact, now skating with the Wild. Don't be surprised if Coyle is back playing with the Wild before the month is over. If it's not late November, figure early to mid-December. Mid might be even stretching it, maybe like December 6th, 7th, 8th. Point is, Charlie Coyle is close to being back. Be sure to check out Running Tap, -tap running-tap.com. They deliver beer right to you from all the local or at least a good portion of the local craft beer locations you know check out their website i mean they have the list right there on running tap.com so think about all the good local beer being produced there's well over 150 local breweries you know or i guess heck if you expand it you know throughout the state of minnesota there's well over 150 so much good beer, so much good beer that many of us have no clue about. But if you go to running-tap.com, they have a list of all the beers that they will deliver to you. Check that out. I bet there will be one or two that you will like. So go to running-tap.com, have some beer delivered to you. There's no upcharge for a delivery on a Sunday, you know, so they'll deliver to you on Sunday. So check them out, running com. And in fact, here is one heck of a deal. It's a coupon for $20 off your next purchase of $30 or more. Think about it. You have a purchase of $35. You can get that purchase for $15. That's as good as it gets. Here is the coupon code, thescoop002, thescoop002. So you go to running-tap.com, figure out what beer you want. You enter in all your information. There will be a code there that you can put in. You put in the scoop zero zero two and you get off twenty dollars of your thirty dollar or more order. Twenty dollars off is bleepin' fantastic. Running hyphen tap dot com. Still working on tracking down Tyler J for a future scoop podcast, just trying to match up our schedules. Seth Rosine is on my list of people to track down, him pitching for Ozzie Guillen in Venezuela. Heck, just living in Venezuela the last few weeks. And I know he's got a Roy Halladay story or two to share from his time with the Phillies. And I've got some other ideas. It's just a matter of matching up schedules. Always have something going on when it comes to the Scoop Podcast. But for now, that will do it for Scoop Podcast episode 109. We taped it on a good portion of both Tuesday, November 14th, and Wednesday, November 15th. Always appreciate you listening. There's a chance I'll be back before the week's over with episode 110. Otherwise, I'll be back next week with episode 110.